Greetings, Cap fans. Welcome to episode 110 of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbanis, and I'm joined as always as from the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. Hey, if any of you are looking for any last minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here, tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with the big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye. And I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dick Kissing, brainless, dickless, <laughs> hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lipped, worm headed, sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> wow. Wow. Somebody got to be in their bonnet tonight, Rick. <laughs> uh, you know, that, you, you know, who that's from, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just put Cousin Eddie on the job. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> the bleeper's full. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that has got to be one of my favorite all time movies. Not all time Christmas movie, just all time all time movies. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Bob, why why did I greet you with a quote from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? I have no idea, Rick. What what could it be? Could it be the year? No, it's not the year, is it? Well, yeah, Bob. The number one movie in December of 1989 was Christmas Vacation. No, and- that, that's not true. No, because no. that movie is old. And I, 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 1989 was not that long ago. That's when I, that's, I, that was the year I graduated from college. So, so clearly, uh-huh. that doesn't line up. There's, there's a paradox there. I see. I see. Okay, so you're in denial. All right. Uh, yeah, Bob, you're old. Oh. Yeah. Not me, though. Oh, no, no. <laughs> not, not me. No, no, no. I think no. we've established I'm like two yeah. years younger than you. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we're covering today uh, Captain America 365, 366, 367. And 365 came out and had a cover date of December 1989. So I thought, hey, what's going on during that time? I I, I couldn't get the quote to tie in with the comic like I sometimes try to do. Right. Uh, yeah. But I just like that quote too yeah. much. I, I couldn't pass on it. Yeah, it is. a. It is. a. They should put that on a card. <laughs> I think they should. <laughs> do you uh, you have any favorite quotes from that movie? Oh, oh gosh! I can't. I, you know, Rick, I'm very hard when it comes to quotes, but uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of that squirrel. You know, <laughs> squirrel, squirrel in the tree. That, yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's one of my favorite scenes. And of course, uh, you, you know, it's there's an MCU connection, right? Because Julia Louise Dreyfus was that was one of her first movies. Oh well, right? yeah, she, she played the next door neighbor. She right? did. Yeah, right. she and, did. And now she know. was uh quite an um a yuppie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she um 
yeah, she was, uh, she was pretty good in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Those, those movies, I mean, that movie, like if someone was to say, uh, and I've seen this on Facebook, right? Like, like pick five movies that describe you. Like if, if for, for, for someone to know you as a person, what five movies would they have to see? And this was always one of my five. All right. You know, cause yeah. you know, I'm I, at heart, at heart, I am, I am a Clark Griswold type guy. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. One of the other movies though, was uh, Captain America first Avenger. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, that, I, I get that. I get that as well. You know, it's funny because when I think of movies I, uh, that were, uh, that just seems so recent, you know? And even that, of course, is not recent, right? It's not yeah. more than 10 yeah, years Yeah, no, old. no, no. But I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, you know, I relate to right. that Steve Rogers character. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for, uh, uh, for people to kind of know me as a person, mm-hmm. watch that movie and then appreciate it. Uh, another uh, of the five uh was uh monty pythons and the quest for holy grail okay yeah because i'm i can be silly yeah, yeah. right i, I know I like but that. yeah i love that movie love that movie i have to give that one some thought mm-hmm. so we're covering today uh as i mentioned cap 360 i know this hopefully you you remembered this time bob i, I did uh just I, like four or five minutes ago <laughs> when i mentioned it uh yeah so cap 365 366 366 yeah 367 um we uh w- what's going on in these issues well bob back then in uh that time period uh which was you know right around 1990 the beginning of 1990 they had this uh crossover on marvel called acts of vengeance do you remember this i don't rick uh this was a very busy time in my life so, um, so no, I wasn't reading comics, uh, at this time. Gotcha. And, and, you know, there's this thing like in TV called reruns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. have to like be live. Like I, I never, <laughs> I wasn't really watching Gilligan's Island when it was, or Brady oh, Bunch when okay, it was, okay. when it well, was live. But, but you asked I, me if I remembered it and I was assuming you meant when it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember it because I looked at it earlier this afternoon. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that was the answer you're looking for. No, yeah, I guess not. All right, so Acts of Vengeance was this uh, crossover. It was actually kind of a, a, a cool idea where, you know, it was always like, well, you know, these same heroes are always beating these same villains. They're always going to lose, right? And you get to know each other, and it's, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a sports rivalry. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, you, you, you tend to know each other too well and there's no surprises. It gets stale. Sure. And so uh, I think, I don't know who it was. uh, Was it Jim Shooter? Was it Jim Salakrup? I I, I don't know. But somebody came up with the idea. Um, Let's change things up. Right. Let's have this villain that normally fight like Dr. Doom fighting the Fantastic Four. Let's have him fight. Spider-Man, you know, or somebody else, you know, and change it up. And so um, they, uh, the villains in question, um, you know, was, as I had already mentioned, um, Dr. Doom, uh, the Red Skull, Magneto, 
uh, Kingpin, um, the Wizard, which I think is like an Iron Man villain, right? Um, or maybe a Fantastic Four villain. So not the one from Oz. No, totally okay. different one. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Or or from Lord of the Rings. Um, the Mandarin. Right. So anyway, so these are you know some heavy hitter. I don't know if the Wizard is, but but these are some heavy hitter. You know. Uh, arch enemies, if you will, and um, and then there's this one mastermind that's pulling them all together. And I don't know if it's it's not revealed really in these three issues, but I'll I'll mention it at some point. Um, I'll, I'll in case the reader or listeners don't know, I, I don't want to ruin it for them in the beginning. But anyway, so it's a kind of a cool concept. It's a kind of cool idea. And there's this little trade dress that goes along the, the top of the comics. This is Acts of Vengeance. And it covered all the Avengers and, and related books. So it was like Avengers, West Coast Avengers, uh, Avengers Spotlight, and then Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Quasar. Um, I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody. Oh, then it, and then all the Spider-Man books for some reason, too. Um, so they all got tied into this. And, and if anyone's ever interested in, in checking them out, I think they made like an omnibus, you know, that collects all of them. And, and I see you're wearing uh, your Red Skull T-shirt tonight, Rick. I am. Yeah. I am. I nice. am sporting my Red Skull in support of uh, our villain. All right. Good. Our yeah. favorite man to hate. Yeah. Home team villain. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the kind of theory behind this. But and but, but we picked this because um, I don't know if you you know this, Bob, but there's a there's a big movie out right now, big Marvel movie. Is there? You really don't know, do you? Uh, you know, I I don't. I haven't been following the news lately. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's like the sequ- sequel to. You know, Black Panther. Okay, okay, I've heard of that. I think. Yeah, 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 check, yeah. I might check that out. Well, there's a major uh, a, a character in in the movie, and it's Namor, the Submariner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I thought, well, let, let's do a Namor book, right? Because you know, people who are maybe just watching the MCU might be saying, "Oh, I want to know more about this guy." Well, here you go, folks. You you ask, we deliver. Right. And uh, yeah. on the cover of this um, issue of 365, which is by uh, Kieran Dwyer. Um, it is Cap and Submariner underwater, because you can see the, the bubbles. And Submariner, very angry Submariner, and he's just he's just wearing his, his uh, little green trunks and, and yellow belt, right? Um, he's punching Cap, and you see Cap, like, you know, his head getting knocked back, you know, from the punch. It's like one of those real Rocky uh, action oh, shots, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, go yeah, totally. And and so it says Submariner goes wild, exclamation point. Uh, and so, they, they, what? They're allies. Submariner is like on the Avengers at this point. Like, why is Submariner um, beating Cap under the ocean? That that cover kind of pulls you in. It does. It's a pretty good cover. And uh, the, the facial expressions, I think sell it. Right. I mean, yeah. Namor looks the P word. Pristine. Yeah. (laughs) Pugnacious Rick. Come on. Philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) Prissy. (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So it, yeah, it's a really cool cover by Kieran Dwyer. Um, anyway, and Submariner goes wild, right? So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking to myself, is are, are they are they what? Did girls go going wild? <laughs> I knew you were going there, man. Yeah. Girls going wild. Did was that Please, a thing? Don't don't do it. Don't don't. Do, oh, he did it. Yeah. Was that a thing? <laughs> was that a thing at that time? I'm like, are they trying to do like a play on on that? And so now, Bob, when I went to check that out, uh-huh. it, it now in my my oh, Google oh, yeah. history. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yep. I actually I actually did type. I went. I typed. Uh, girls gone wild. Uh, asked a question when when did that first happen history so therefore yeah uh it, right. it, you know it's a little yeah. bit more play but apparently that was 1997 uh, when that yeah. debuted okay so they uh, got it from this yeah yeah, yeah. apparently okay. yeah okay. well you know you got a you got submariner in speedos right yeah right you know, he's he's yeah. shirtless yeah um, it's all wet yeah <laughs> 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 Oh, hi, hi, honey. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, also up in the corner box, um, this is a uh, a different logo, um, but it's Cap. And we, uh, we see kind of like a bust of Cap. And then behind him is an image of Rachel diamondback and there's like a little heart where she's pining for him um and this is this uh, was done by karen dwyer and i th- you know i don't know maybe i think it ran for like maybe six issues or something like that um but that's that a, that's a broken heart rick is it okay i don't have it yeah. zoomed in yeah yeah it is and we're, we're gonna see that in this issue so we get to it bob let's do it well, I can't do it yet, Bob, until I talk about the creators. Oh, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, all in favor. Say aye. Aye. <laughs> uh, writer, Mark Grunewald. Penciler, Kieran Dwyer. Inker, Danny Bellandi. Colorist, Bob Sharon, friend of the show. Letterer, Jack Morelli. Editor, Ralph Macchio. You know you want to do it, right? Just do it. <laughs> just, just do it. I'm not going to do it. Do all it. right. Uh, so... There is not a solicitation for this one, so we uh, I don't have that to share with you. But the uh, there is backup stories in these books, um, Hide and Seek, which is um, uh, a story about uh, Mr. Hyde and uh, the Cobra. Um, and it is written by Mark Grunewald and penciled by Mark Bright, but we won't get into that. We're just going to strictly do the, the main story of these three issues so we don't take forever. 
All right, Bob. And what we could turn to the splash page, Bob. What is the title to this one? Captain America submission. Yes. And we see here a huge blow up, huge splash page of a very sinister looking red skull by Kieran Dwyer. Now we haven't seen the red skull in about 10 months. I mean, I should say cap hasn't seen the red skull in about 10 months. He was in the last issue. Um, but this issue is, uh, um, yeah, about fifty. You know, the last time we saw it was three fifty, right? Where it was revealed the whole story behind uh, Steve and the commission and him becoming the captain and all that. That the 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 mastermind behind everything was the Red Skull, who Cap had thought was dead because he died in his arms in issue three hundred. And so he he never really believed that this was the actual um, Johann Schmidt back from the dead. But uh, apparently he is, and he has a clone body of Steve Rogers. But his face is actually a red skull face because he had that uh, that red skull Joker gas. I don't know what he calls it. The red mist of death. I, well, whatever it I is. I think that's what it is. Yeah, the red mist or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, you know, anyway, turned his face into a red skull. So it, that actually is not a mask and it's pretty sinister looking. And what is he saying? I am very displeased. When we turn to the next page. Who's he looking at? It's crossbones. And he's putting out his cigarette in an ashtray. You failed me crossbones failed to fetch me the bloodstones. I expect better of you. Furthermore, you directly engaged my hated enemy, Captain America, without express permission from me. Let me make this point perfectly clear. The wretched captain is my opponent, mine alone. You will do nothing to him without my say-so. Understood? Yeah, boss. Now, on to the other matters. There has been a breakout at the government's penitentiary for superhumans. I want you to scour the vicinity and see if you can recruit any useful felons into my employ. I'm on my way. Good. Crossbones is the single best operative I've ever had, but still, he is an accident waiting to happen. Red Skull. Huh? And he turns to hear where that voice came from. And Bob, there's a, a man in the shadows. Um, you know, there's a Caucasian man with black hair kind of pulled back and he's wearing a suit and he's just coming out of the shadows, he, it, it, almost like a from nowhere. And the Red Skull is shocked. Would you prefer to be called Mr. Smith? Who are you? How did you get in here? And he clicks on his desk and these bars all go around this man. I'm a man with a business proposition for you, sir. A little paranoid, are we? I like that. And he waved his hands, and the bars just bend away. He, he just gestures, and he pulls out a pistol. Try no sudden moves if you value your life. May I have a seat? 
he controls my mechanisms. How? And the seat comes up from uh, underneath the floor. And he sits in it. Now then, I've been approaching men of singular power and similar goals as yourself with a revolutionary idea. Set aside your petty differences for a short time, pool your resources, and devise a unified strategy that will enable you to triumph over your common enemies once and for all. And meanwhile, all these cables kind of start to wrap around him. Bah! What nonsense! And But this man just stands up and the cables dissolve away. Well, I can see I'm wasting my breath on you, Mr. Smith. I'm glad Doom and Magneto were more receptive to my offer. Doom and Magneto? What are you talking about? Why don't you ask them yourself? You'll find them right through that door. Door? What door? Where'd he... And he turns his head, and the man vanishes as he went to look for the door. But there's a door, Bob. There's a door there. Who the devil was that? Red Skull's a little upset. Yes, I love this. I love this center panel, Rick, that is a, a zoomed in uh, just on the Red Skull's eyes. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of uh, emotion right there. In yes. that thin little panel of just the Red Skull's eyes, anger, confusion. I love that. Great maybe, job, Karen. Maybe you should make it a t-shirt, Bob. It might might well be, Rick. And then they they cut over um, at that moment, and there's a, a Quinjet flying. Flagship request permission to land. Avenger Island, do you hear me? Still no answer, Captain. Cap, look. Avengers Island is not there. What? You're right. Let me try the radio. Nothing on Avengers frequency. What could have possibly happened, Cap? I don't know, Diamond. I can tell you this much, though. As much as I've gotten used to you during this bloodstone hunt and its aftermath, this is an Avengers emergency, and... What? You're ditching me? After what you've been through? Lady, look. We make a pretty good team, but you are not an Avenger. Case closed. But I... Forget it. Say, Cap, aren't those Avengers Quinjets on the barge? Yes. And there's Jarvis and some of the other support personnel. Okay, Diamond. End of the line. I'll be in touch. And then Jarvis and the whole support personnel, they yell, Cap! And they start running towards him. But this next panel, no. Oh, Rachel don't look too happy. That is a classic storming, a woman storming off angry. Oh, yeah. She yeah. is storming away. She's got uh, her her fists clenched as she's walking briskly away. And, and you can tell she's muttering, right? Oh, yeah, because her yeah. mouth's open. She is totally, yeah. Where are Grunewald's spot bubbles when you need them? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Man, we're missing that. So they're all coming up to Cap and like, talking about everything and they're just going on and on and he's like whoa wait one at a time jarvis about six hours ago a horde of robots burst through the floor of a floating island base and sank it sunk 
and you there's a zoom in on Cap's eyes, and he looks shocked, like he wasn't expecting that. There was nothing we could do to blame many of them. Quasar was the only Avenger here at the time. He did all he could. And Cap just looks down, shocked. Sunk? The kid's at the bottom of the harbor now, salvaging what he can. Dr. Newell was with him. All right, then. Have them proceed. I'm going to see about getting us a temporary headquarters at the Fantastic Force Complex. And then their thought bubble sunk. So I, I like this because it shows two things here. One, Cap's human just like the rest of us. He just got hit with some devastating news, right? Here's an island with the Avengers base on it with some of the mightiest people in the world and somebody sunk it. I mean, that's huge. So he's obviously like, you know, just confused and baffled by this. Yet, that doesn't stop his strategic mind and to very calmly say, all right, have them proceed. You know, I'll go ahead and get a setup of contemporary headquarters with Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? Like, even though his mind is still, you know, surprised and shocked by all this, he is a calm, cool, collected and giving orders. Now, nah, it's a sign of good leader. That's true. That's true. You could also tell that uh, Cap, Steve Rogers, had been in the Army because had he been in the Navy, he would have seen that come. A floating <laughs> island headquarters? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Meanwhile, somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And we cut to Namor, the Submariner, Prince of Atlantis. The Earth's seas cover three quarters of the planet. I am but one man. It is conceivable I could spend the rest of my life in search of the alien spawn of my late wife, my beloved Marina, and never find them. Perhaps it is time I... Prince Namor, my name is unimportant. And there's, there's the, ma- the, the man with the suit. and He's now under the ocean? Talking? My name is unimportant. Suffice it to say that I am man of a considerable power, who is a proposition for you as one of the human race's most fearsome foes. I bid to join you with others of your stature, Dr. Doom, Magneto, the Mandarin, the Red Skull, and a summit meeting that could alter the course of human history. Separately, you are formidable. Together, you could be invincible. Imagine the world could be yours to divide and I'll be willing to wager that you would be given the greatest dominion, the sea. For your convenience, I give you a doorway. And Namor just turns and swims away. I do not know who that phantasmal figure was, nor how he found me, nor how he could make himself heard down here. But he was apparently unaware that I have renounced my eminent with the surface world and have in fact been accepted into the ranks of the surface world's greatest champions, the Avengers. And then we cut to uh, an airship, which is um, uh, being flown by crossbones somewhere over the Colorado Rocky mountains. Yeah, boss crossbones. 
We got a line on the escapee match in the description of Basil Sadhurst, alias the Controller. You interested, or should we toss him back? I'm interested. Bring him in. You got it. Out. Okay, Schultzy. Hold steady while I hit the winch. Curse you! You cannot do this to me! I am the Controller! Cool it, County. You ain't been captured. You've been rescued. Name's Crossbones. I work for a gentleman by the name of the Red Skull. The boss is looking for a few good men. For some reason, he thinks you qualify. Insolent upstart! Now, now, you wouldn't want me to tell the boss you got an attitude problem. Here, he wants a word with you. Greetings, Mr. Sandhurst. Congratulations on your escape from the vault. I may have a position in my vast organization for a man of your abilities. Intrigued. Have your errand boy release me at once, and I'll listen to your terms. You heard him, Crossbones. Well, you're going to pay for that crack someday. Hurry up, fool. That makes two. And how would you describe, uh, what does a controller look like, Bob? You know, he's got uh, what appears to be some sort of metallic uniform on, Rick, uh, with uh, big uh, shoulder pads, right? Mm, Big metal shoulder pads. He's got Mm -hmm. a a metal helmet with some gizmos on the side of it. Uh, He's wearing a uh, matching uh, blue, uh, what are those called? Swim trunks trunks on the outside. Uh, Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and yeah, and gloves as well. Gauntlets, I guess we call them. That's the fancy word for them, right? Mm. Gauntlets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and matching boots. Yeah, right? but you you left out two important factors. One, he's ugly as sin. He is. Yeah, he's got he's lines up like straight up and down his face. I don't know what's going on there, but he's massive. He's huge. He's bigger than crossbones. Yeah, and that says a lot. Yeah. Lower Manhattan that night, and we see Cap with the. Uh, Jarvis and, and the crew. No go. Fantastic Four are apparently out of town. They must have changed their security codes, too. Dora and I nearly caused a great deal of damage trying to land on the rooftop. Looks like we're still without a command center. Excuse me, sir, but might I suggest the sub-basements of the old mansion beneath Avengers Park? And Cap just has a big smile on his face. And then we cut later that evening... Upper New York Bay, several hours later. Have the Avengers moved their floating base? When I was here mere weeks ago, it was just beyond Liberty and Governor's Island. Unless some dire calamity has befallen it, I'd better... And Namor swims down, and he sees the sunken island in the the building. Great Neptune! It's here! And he swims inside the mansion. Which is kind of a, 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 a kind of a creepy thing, right? It's dark, and he's just swimming through the halls of the mansion, and the chandeliers are there, and you know, uh, furniture's floating. When could this have happened? Who was responsible? Was anyone injured? I see no sign anyone, but but much of the mansion's furnishings appear to be missing. Perhaps my marine-bred eyes can ascertain the cause of this catastrophe. Aha. My vigilance has borne fruit. And as he's swimming by, all of a sudden, the controller sneaks up behind him and, and slaps 
a control disc on the back of Namor's neck. Ha! It is a vaulted Submariner. I was not aware he was one of the Avengers, but he most surely will do. Which immediately caused Namor to be unconscious. With my control disc clamped to his neck, his might is mine. And then he pulls off his his mask that he was using to breathe, you know, underwater. I even acquired his amphibious breathing capacity. But he is just the first. I will not rest until all the Avengers are in my thrall. Meanwhile, beneath Avengers Park on Manhattan's Upper East Side. Steve, I just got a tip that the Submariner I was sighted flying around the harbor. He must be looking for Avengers Island. I'll take a Skymobile and check it out. There he is, flying around a Skymobile, and he's uh, on the harbor, going around old Lady Liberty. Hmm. No sign of him. Couldn't have given up and... Uh-oh. And then out of nowhere, Bob, what happens? Oh, man. Uh, the Submariner just clocks him uh, and sends Cap... As my... I think my dad had a saying, uh, ass over bambox. <laughs> what? Super so bandbox. Yeah. What's a bandbox? Yeah, I don't know. I, it was never fully explained to me what exactly a bandbox was, but uh-huh. but the ass went over it. So I think what you're seeing here is is Cap. He just got clocked, and he wow. went ass over bandbox. Yeah, and uh, his sky cycle was destroyed. That that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so Cap kind of twists that away, and he goes, and he do he twists to to use his shield to help impact hitting the water because from from that height and speed, if you hit the water, it's going to hurt. That looked like Namor, but what made him here? He comes again. And we see the reflection of Namor speeding at him with his hands ahead of him in Cap's eye. And Cap gets hit, but he puts his shield up, but he's going down deep into the dark waters. Taking me down fast, deep, got to try something, anything, a blow to his throat. And he does a a little uh, karate chop, right? He hits him Ah, too slow underwater. He pivoted, but I seem to have staggered him anyway. Better make the most of it. Hey, is there something on the back of his neck? Can't stop to check. Need air. And then Namor grabs his boot. What's come over you, Namor? Why are you trying to kill me? And, and of course, he's thinking to himself this whole time because, you know, he's underwater. And he takes his shield and he nails uh, Namor's hand on that's holding his boot. Unless, unless that's one of the controllers, control discs on him. Since when can he control his victim's actions like this? And he gets up and he grabs a big gasp of air. But as he's making it onto the island with uh, the Statue of Liberty right there, made it to Liberty Island. But where's, and oof, coming out of the water is Namor with his hands raised, ready to strike. And he does, but Cap puts his shield up. And it makes a loud noise, Bob. Batam! Whoa. And he hits uh, the base of the statue. Namor's strength may well be a hundred times what mine is. If it weren't for my shield, one of his blows would turn me to paste. And he's got his back whistle of air. 
and he jumps out of the way just in time. And there's another loud noise, Bob. And then Cap's laying there face down. Namor's about to come over top of him. And just as he does, Risky playing possum with a guy that strong who's not in his right mind. But it's my only chance to get close enough to do this. And as he goes by him, he takes his shield, swings it behind him and hits the disc on the back of Namor's neck. He's writhing, spasming. I must have done something to that oversized bottle cap on his neck. But what? And then he just falls over face down. He's collapsed and the disc is still attached. I didn't expect that. I'd hope I could free him from control. But what if by jarring the connection between the disc and his nervous system, I've caused irreversible damage to his brain? What if the price of saving my high was turning one of my oldest friends into a vegetable? I'm going to get you for this controller. And and we peer in, you know, on the close-up of the eyes of Steve as he's thinking this. And then we cut to close-up of the eyes of the Red Skull in Washington, D.C. And he's sitting there contemplating, looking at the door. And then he puts out a cigarette. And he goes and he grabs the doorknob. And who's there waiting for him, Bob? It's the whole gang! Indeed. There's the stranger in the suit. Welcome, my good man. And he's got his hands resting on Dr. Doom's shoulder, which I don't think Dr. Doom would allow that. Uh, Then the wizard, you see the kingpin. And he says, I had a feeling you'd decide to join us. And he has a sinister smile. To be continued. All right, we're going to get to issue 366. Now, this one has uh, it has the Axe of Vengeance at the top, Bob, but you get, it has a different corner box logo. Uh, it's, the, it's, it's the one where uh, Cap's running. He's got a shield up. And he's got a big smile on his big face. Old, yeah, big old smile. Yeah, so it's not yeah. like a battle run. It's more of a just, you know, he's running with the shield and he's got a smile and it's by Karen Dwyer. Um, and on the cover... You know what it says to me? It's like he's running after an ice cream man truck. Oh, yeah. It, does, it has that feel to it, right? Does it? Yeah, it does to me. He's happy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you don't think you're maybe projecting just a tad here, Bob? <laughs> hey, hey! That's what I hear in my head. <laughs> what, what kind of ice cream would he get? I think he is... Uh, I think he's a vanilla sort of guy, Rick. Oh, come on. He'd get the he'd get the red, white, and blue like little pop thing. Oh, right, right. right. Oh, okay. Oh, that that's come true. on. I, I, you, that was uh, a layup, Bob. I just like you said ice one. cream. You didn't say like frozen dessert, but whatever. I thought uh, we were just going with ice cream. I'm very, uh, you know. Yeah. Okay. Literal. Mm-hmm. And it's a dollar, Bob. One buck. One buck back in 1990. It's a cover date of January 1990. Um, Shall I read the solicitation for this one? Yes, please. The Red Skull orders Crossbones to help the supervillains who escaped from the vault. And to stop Captain America from intercepting him, the Red Skull sends Iron Man's enemy, the Controller. Plus, 
Cobra and Mr. Hyde were once partners. Now Mr. Hyde is out to kill Cobra. Why are they trying to kill each other? You know, Bob, we won't know because we're not covering that part. This story does take place between the events of Mighty Thor 411 and 412, just in case you're curious, Bob. I was. Thank you. Okay. On the cover, uh, as we were talking about before, uh, this one has that really, again, controller is a big, big, big man, right? And he is falling from the sky with his back facing Earth. Underneath him is a city with buildings. And on top of him is Cap. And they're fighting, falling through the sky. And it says, out of control. It's a little, little play. A little pun there. Yeah, look, yeah. clever, clever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who did the cover, Bob? It looks like it's a Ron Lim cover. It is a Ron Lim because this issue is is uh, we have the same Mark Grunewald, Danny Bellandi, Nelson. Oh, actually, a different colorist. Bob Sharon was colorist before. Now this one is Nelson Yamtov. Never heard of that guy. Letterer Jack Morelli. Um, this one is being penciled by Ron Lim, and the cover is too. You know who the editor is, Bob? Uh, who? Who? Ra- Ralph Nakia. Like that guy. Yeah. yeah. And we turn to the next page. And what is the name of uh, this, the title of this story, Bob? Captain America, Remote Control. For long months, the three sub-basements of the Avengers' original headquarters had been silent, stripped of all accoutrements, devoid of all activity. But with the sinking of the Avengers Island, Captain America has reopened the sealed off substructure and brought his allies into its carnivorous cavern, carnivorous, yes, (laughs) its cavernous confines. The destruction of their base of operations was the opening campaign in a secret war being waged against the Avengers, a war whose first casualty is Prince Namor. The mighty Submariner. Now, Bob, can you be a casualty and still live? Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah? You can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I was, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good question, though. I don't, you know, I'm thinking about it. I mean, That's like, you know. Yes. But... Yes, you can. Why do you think so? Well, initially, I was a little hesitant because, uh, uh, we have these these duties in the military as an officer. I used to have to perform it myself where you'd have to go to a home and tell somebody their loved one had been killed. And, and, um, and that's, mm-hmm. that is always referred to as a casualty. But, but then I remembered that uh, I, part of my job at one point was uh, air command and control. And we had CASAVACs, which is casualty evacuation missions where we would, uh, we would fly helicopters in to evacuate casualties not just fatalities so okay thank you for clearing that up yeah i was curious about that so we have uh captain america standing here with the shield on his back and he is um got his arms crossed but bobby why, why is there only one strap on his shoulder the other the other shoulder doesn't have a strap and yet it's not like a book bag where if you had one strap it'd be kind of hanging to one side it is perfectly placed in the center of his back but only one strap holding it i want to know what's going on there bob huh. maybe it's a magnet 
Okay. Sure. And then he's standing there uh, looking at Hank Pym, uh, a.k.a. original Ant-Man, a.k.a. original Giant Man, a.k.a. Yellow Jacket, a.k.a. just scientist right now. Well, Hank, how's it look? In a word, bad. And he's looking very closely at the disc on the back of Namor's neck. Now, if you were just picking up this issue, you did not know better, and you heard the first casualty is Prince Namor, and you see this picture of the Namor uh, laying there with his eyes closed, could could be dead. He does look ashen colored, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, probably it's because he just hadn't been in water for too yeah. long, you know. Yeah. I can't pry the control disc off Namor's spine without running the risk of giving him neurological damage. Hmm. You're assuming he hasn't already sustained permanent damage from my jarring the device in order to save his mindless rampage. I'm no physician, Cap, but his vital signs seem to be stable despite the coma. If we could get this tinker toy off him safely, I, I think he'll be okay. You are the cyberneticist, though. What can you tell me about the control disc? Not a heck of a lot. The controller's little mind control device seems to be unearthly in construction. Didn't he once work for that mad alien, Thanos? Yeah. So, looks like our best bet is to find the controller and force him to free Namor. Or at least give up the secret of his technology so we can free him. Fabian. I have a project I want you to work on with Dr. Pym. Right on, Caparino. That disc saps a person's strengths and broadcasts it somehow to the controller himself, as I recall. Maybe there's a way to trace that broadcast. Elsewhere, the first meeting of the greatest submersive minds of the planet ever assembled in one room winds down. And who do we have in the room, Bob? All the big names, Rick, right? We got Magneto, we got the Mandarin, we got the Wizard, we got Dr. Doom, we've got Kingpin, and, and our man, our man, your man and my man, Johan Schmidt. How do you say his name, Bob? Red Skull. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Red Skull? <laughs> I knew you were going to hang that one out. I was prepared. Uh-huh. Red Skull. Well, gentlemen, I see you haven't torn one another apart while I was away attending to business. Have you determined what the master stroke in our acts of vengeance shall be? And Doom says, Still your wagging tongue, lucky. And then the kingpin says, to reach an accord among such individuals as ourselves, each with his own agenda, will take more than one summit meeting. I now move we adjourned and ponder the various proposals on the table until tomorrow at this time. The motion is carried unanimously, and the Kingpin, the Mandarin, the Wizard, Dr. Doom, Magneto, and the Red Skull head toward the transdimensional doorway to their respective headquarters. And as they're going, 
Magneto stops and he turns to the stranger. A question for you, oh so mysterious odd to count. Yes, my lord. Is that the original Red Skull who sits amongst us? My sources informed me he was dead. As far as I know, he is. Hmm. And then we cut to the Red Skull. I do not like lying in a nest of vipers. I would as soon never return there, were I not certain they would all conspire against me. Crossbones, what are you doing here? Hiya, boss. Nightorius don't stall there. Am I nuts in thinking that it should open to a ten-story drop to the street? Never mind that. Where's the controller? Last I heard, he just tagged the Submariner with one of his doodads and was hoping to get Thor next. Very hungry slob, isn't he? I thought you understood that I wanted you to stay on top of that operation. Babysitting bozos is not my specialty, boss. Your specialty, Crossbones, is whatever I say it is. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. Now go and bring the controller back with whatever power he has so far accumulated. At once. On my way. You better take my mouthpiece. Whatever you say. Later that night in Queens, New York. And so we have the controller who's trying to be uh, subtle. Yeah, he's definitely incognito uh, yeah. in his attire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a very big, big man with a trench coat kind of over top of him but it's ripped because it's too small for him and we see thor battling the juggernaut again two foes not normally known to be fighting each other but very much worthy of each other and thor's hitting him with his hammer this is in you know the downtown city juggernaut Thou must seek thy wanton destruction at once. Move it, fancy pants. You're violating my personal space. And this, again, as I said before, takes place uh, in issues 411 and 412. And then a uh, police officer comes up and tells the controller to move. But he just takes him and he uh, dismisses him very quickly. And just then... Coming up to him is Crossbones in his incognito outfit. There were a lot of trench coat sales going yeah, on. That was their trench coats were big back then. I don't know if you recall. Dusters and, for, and fedoras. The, yeah, dusters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. London fog. But don't you think stunts like that kind of defeat the purpose of disguising yourself? Who? Don't say you don't remember me, Conti. I'd be crushed. Oh, you. Look, the skull wants you back in Washington pronto. Some kind of change of plans. No, I have tracked down Thor. I intend to steal his power. So what have you been waiting for? Stealth. I'll show you stealth. Give me one of your doodads. Hope you, hope you made these things to take a licking and keep on ticking. Oh, what's that a... What's that to, Bob? Uh, wasn't that Timex? It was. 
Yeah, it was an ad campaign for Timex. So he takes the thing, puts it on the uh, end of an arrow. He gets his crossbow out, and he goes to shoot. And instead, it hits um, the uh, helmet of the um, juggernaut. But, of course, you know, can't penetrate that. And, and Thor thinks, Hamdell's eyes. I could have sworn I saw something strike Juggernaut's helmet, but he seems not to have noticed. And Controller's not happy. You unmedicated idiot! You missed! Hey, the long-haired Yahoo duck, so sue me. Now come on, Conti, the skull wants us to, to blazes with the, what the skull wants. No man controls the Controller. Oh yeah, Conti? Meet the voice. Stop! And who's that guy, Bob? He looks like Faustus, but I don't know who that guy is. He's got a guy. He's a guy with a trench coat and a fedora. Well, that's true. Yeah, big sale that weekend. A short time later, got handed to Hank and Fabian. They really came through in the tech department. They managed to cobble together a control disc emanation detector in a matter of hours. The signal is real strong here. I must be, wait, and he's on a sky cycle flying over the city. What's that parked on the roof of the high rise? Something that has no business being there, that's for sure. It's taking off VTOL. Wow, what's VTOL? I'm glad you asked, Rick. That's a vertical takeoff and landing, much like the Harrier jump jets used by the uh, British uh, military and the United States Marines. Ah, well, wouldn't this be really more of a veto? I mean, it's not landing right now. It's taking off. Well, that's true, but it can land at some point. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we'd have to, I'd imagine. Yeah. Those were big. That was, I think in the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, late 80s, early 90s, when we started deploying Harriers in, in the United States Marine Corps. So that technology was big in the news at the time. Ah, call it a hunch but I'll bet a certain craggy-faced criminal is inside. I'll set the sky cycle on automatic and hitch a ride. And he jumps onto uh, the ship inside. And Crossbones is flying, and standing behind him is the controller and the voice. So, Voicey, how long, how long can you keep crack-faced, docile, and, hey, you guys feel that? Felt like something hit the fuselage. Don't see anything on the aft monitor. Yo, Boise. Controller, why don't you take a look out the hatch? There's a good fellow. I'll look out the hatch. I don't know how that bearded man manages to make me obey his spoken commands, but he's going to pay for this indignity. And then the control hatch opens, and... Coming through um, from the top, holding on to it and kicking in and hitting the controller. And Cap says something funny, Bob. What does he say? Knock, knock, fella. What the? It's Captain America. I knew I shouldn't have counted on that explosion in Madripoor to do him in. What are you talking about? That was two issues ago, Rick. I'm surprised you forgot. Oh, that's right. That's when he was going hunting for um, Diamondback and Founder. 
wonder if Ugly's going to be able to handle him or if I'm going to have to step in. And the controller's punching at him, but Cap's hitting him pretty hard with the shield. You are one of the weakest Avengers, Captain. Hardly worth wasting a... Ah! He sapped most of Namor's strength. Going to have to play a rougher game than usual, just to stay alive. If I could just figure out where he keeps his spare discs. Hey, Voicey, that crack-faced clown is going to rip this crate apart. The way he's going, get him to cool it, huh? Both of you, stop. No use, they can't hear me over the whine of the air through the hatch. Hmm, he's got Namor's speed, as well as his strength. And then uh, the controller hits Cap's shield, but he puts his shield up just in time, and he makes a loud noise bomb. Wank! <laughs> We're experiencing some technical difficulties, folks. <laughs> Bear with us. <laughs> have to get him back have to get him to back off give me more room to move I bet he does <laughs> there he's off balance blasted voice don't give up get in there and stop that ruckus Captain America I command you to and he throws a shield again and he hits him in the face and what's it makes it makes a loud noise Bob but um the shield comes back and cap uses it and then he elbows the voice uh so he can't talk anymore Hmm. just realize who the joker behind me is the so-called man with the voice of doom like the controller another vault escapee haven't had a chance to see the pilot yet annoying not i'm going to smash you through the floor no but you can try. You missed. Know something, mister? For a fellow who calls himself the controller. You sure act out of control. Whoops. His lunge took him through the open hatch. I still haven't gotten a control disc from him from Hank to study. Only one thing to do. And he jumps out after him, Bob. And that's, that's, what, that's what the cover looks like. That's it. Now we're seeing it from the bottom up as opposed from the top down. I hope he refilled his boot jets. Meanwhile, on Upper Broadway, a dismal diamondback trudges toward her apartment. And it is. It's uh, late at night. She's walking with, uh, again, tattered clothes, lots of skin showing. So much so that uh, the men are kind of like turning around and looking at her as she walks by. This is nuts. I keep wandering around like a zombie. Why can't I just go home? What am I afraid of? Being alone? When Cap told me to run along, he did say he'd be in touch, didn't he? So why don't I believe him? He's supposed to be a man of his word. Ah, he makes me so mad. Hmm. Nice outfit. She's looking at a a store uh, display. Bet I'd be a lot warmer than these rags I'm wearing. Unfortunately, the store is closed and I don't have a red-blooded scent on me. So when's that ever stop me? And she goes to cock her fist back to break the window. Without cap in the picture, what's to keep me from taking whatever I want? 
No. If I'd go back to my old ways, I'd torch the bridge between Cap and me for good. Guess I'm not ready for that just yet. And several blocks away... Let go of me, you insuperant fool! What's the matter, Controller? Don't like being jumped from behind? I don't recall you having any problem with it the time you bushwhacked me. When was that, Bob? That was way back in Captain Marvel number 28, Rick. That was one of the earliest appearances of Thanos. And then uh, the controller is trying to put a disc on the back of Cap's neck. But it's hard to do because Cap, Cap's got his, he's like doing a, almost like a, 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 I wouldn't, it's like a chokehold. I wouldn't call it a full Nelson, but he's behind him with his arms wrapped around his throat. And he's uh, with his shield kind of underneath his chin as well. But that's just how tough Controller is. All right, little man, you've managed to impress me. You may not be much in raw strength, but your fighting skills are certainly worth getting under control. This better work, or else I'm... Uh Uh-oh, Bob, Controller put a, a disc on the back of Cap. And Cap just fell down. And so, your might is added to mine. Controller, return to the ship. And he jumps back up into the ship, leaving Cap there. But Cap's okay. He takes off his mask, and behind his neck is some sort of metal plate. Well, what do you know? The cybernetic armored plate Hank Pym rigged up worked. Apparently, my strength was so meager compared to the Namors, the controller couldn't tell if he's gained it or not. Well, at least one of us got what he wanted. Now, about an hour later, back in Washington, D.C., we're in the Red Skull's uh, office. And the voice and crossbones are sitting on a couch and standing in front of Red Skull's desk is the controller. You will do whatever the Red Skull commands, Controller. I'm aware of that, voice. I have a simple task for you, Controller. One that will benefit us both. There is someone I want you to control. A man with baffling power who has not only breached my security systems, as if they were not existent, but also gathered together some of my greatest rivals. I want him neutralized. Come. And he points to the gateway. And he, Red Skull, walks through. He can be found through this door. I will point him out. You slap a slave disc on him. As you say, and he walks behind him. But he can't make it through. He just kind of, you know, walks face into a door. Uh, Only the Red Skull went through. And the Red Skull turns and looks. What? Something prevented him from walking through. Confound it. And there's the stranger. Is there something amiss, Master? Yes, I need to see you alone in my office. It is a matter of great importance. What's wrong with conversing right here? Doom or any of those other buffoons could walk in at any moment. Very well, after you, my master. The controller better be ready. The next man you see... And there is the controller standing with his control disc. And he slaps it on the back of the stranger. 
And there's a big look of surprise on his face. And the Red Skull's so happy. He's like, look at that. Look at that devilish smile. He's so, <laughs> Full of joy. He's so excited. Ha ha ha. I have him. Good work, controller. Well, Lucky, you work for me now. Your immediate task. Help me take command of our little enclave of masterminds. Voice, come over here. And then, and then the stranger just pulls a disc off his neck. That will not be necessary, Mr. Smith, for I am not susceptible to magic such as this. What? You're not one to be trusted, are you, sir? That is good. That is precisely why you were chosen as one of my elite. And then he walks away into the door and disappears, just leaving a smile. Good day, Mr. Smith. Poof. And then we see a close-up on the skull's eyes. I will get that man. Next. Not if Magneto gets you first. Lots of close-up on eyes in these issues. Bro. Really, there really is. And considering we're dealing with so far, right, two different pencilers. And yet there is a lot of this. So I wonder... You know, is that just a stylistic synchronicity? Was there some, maybe some editorial guidance by, by Grunewald himself? I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I lean towards the fact that maybe Grunewald, you know, suggested it or hinted it. Um, but I don't know. It's a good point. You know, because I, I got to imagine, imagine these guys are probably penciling these at the same time right yeah because i i think during this acts of vengeance there was um you know the stories went a little bit faster um but i don't know i could be wrong i mean it was monthly it wasn't like a bi bi-weekly book or something like that but i don't know because when we get to the next issue bob uh issue 368 uh we are back to karen dwyer on the cover and in interior. So Ron Lim just kind of filled in here. Um, I'd love to know the reason behind that, but I don't know. All right, Bob, do you want to hear the solicitation for issue 367? I sure do. The core alliance of supervillains is destroyed when Magneto attacks the Red Skull. Wait till you see the reason why. And the side cap chooses to help. So this one, as I mentioned, uh, we have Mark Grunewald as the writer, Kieran Dwyer as back as the penciler, Danny Bellandi inks, Steve Busalato as the colorist, Jack Morelli letterer, and Ralph Waxhaw Macchio as the editor. Uh, yeah, we've had different colorists each issue as well. So on this cover, it's it's a really cool cover, Bob. Um, now we have the same corner box logo as as before, right? With um, uh, the, the the happy charging Captain America, right? But the and we have the acts of vengeance, you know, little trade dress at the at the top. Um, but this is a really cool image. It is a 
a triumphant Magneto standing on top, not over, on top of a defeated Red Skull who is laying down on the ground unconscious. And Magneto has his left boot on the head of the Red Skull. And he's raising his fists in triumph. And then his face underneath that famous Magneto helmet is shadowed. And all you can see are the gleaming eyes and the white clenched teeth in a smile. And it says, Cap's greatest foe, the Red Skull, defeated by Magneto. And to emphasize, I think, what's going on here, the colorist on the cover has made some choices. So the Captain America logo is in blue, but the shadow behind it is in red. And then the Acts of Vengeance trade dress behind it is in red. And then up in the corner where it says Marvel Comics, comics is in red. And there's it's it's a very uh it's a very stunning cover, I'd say. He's done a lot here with just a handful of colors, right? Um and, and what's cool is I you know, you 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 drew attention to that uh shadowed visage of the magneto right under his helmet Mm -hmm. you can only see his eyes and that in that that, the 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 glare of his teeth um but i don't know if you've noticed but like throughout the last two issues uh there are a lot of bared teeth like that um Mm. it's almost like the cheshire cat right Mm -hmm. um so it, it again and again and again we we see that it's a it's a it's really a cool uh it's a cool aesthetic Mm hmm. I agree. Yeah. Cheshire cat. That's a, it's a good, uh, uh, audio description that brings up a visual in people's minds. I think when they hear that. All right. So we turn the, the page and we get this big splash of once again, Namor jumping up and attacking and, and poor cap and, and, uh, Hank Pym are there. Um, and the title to this one is Bob. Well, the title is Rick Captain America Magnetic Repulsion. Namor. Let me cut to the next page. Give him room. Namor's disoriented. Why are you laughing, Bob? I'm just that that first splash page, Rick. The, yeah, uh, title splash page. The uh, you know, Karen does some great work, but I got to tell you, the the look on Namor's face and Hank's face. Oh, Hank's face is kind of yeah, not, not not the best. There's something no. with Namor's face that's just not that's a little off for me. He's it, it's a very uh, ugly uh, kind of snarl. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have Fabian pulling out a, a gun uh, as if that's going to do anything. But, and he thinks to himself as in Mark's, you know, famous uh, thought bubbles. Holy swamoly. Doc Pym did it. 
he managed to get the control disc off the Submariner's neck without killing him. And then we see Cap through the eyes of Namor. Uh, you know how like uh, it's done in a way that's almost like a dream. You're waking up and it, and something's looks a little wavy, yeah, a little psychedelic almost. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's very cleverly done here. Yeah, Namor, at ease, fella. You're among friends, Captain America. And he puts his arm around the shoulder of Cap as he uh, carries him walks him through the laboratory. What happened to me? A punk named the controller ambushed you and put you under his mental control. Hank Pym figured out a way to free you. Caps modestly left out his role in your rescue, Subby. I'd come to warn you. There is something sinister afoot. A mysterious figure approached me under sea, mistaking me for a villain. Hmm and offered me membership in an assemblage of villains, including the Red Skull and Dr. Doom. And once again, Bob, Cap's got his shield on his back and his arms crossed, one strap on, one strap off. (laughs) (laughs) And it's perfectly centered on his back. I knew you were going to work it in somehow. (laughs) Yeah, two and a half issues to get there, but you did it. Good job. I will return to that part of the sea. The mystery man left me a portal. I will pretend to join them, and he stops. He turns around and looks. Excuse me, where am I, and where is the exit? And then we cut back to the Smith Building in Washington, D.C., and on the reflection of the Smith Building, we see the Washington Capitol. Uh, As we know, the Red Skull has his office overlooking the Capitol. I wouldn't go in there right now, Mr. Crossbones. He's in a very bad mood. So when isn't he, Isla, darling? I'll thank you not to call me that. Yeah, yeah. I'll be in the gym if the boss needs me. Or if you do. (laughs) In the next room, we see the Red Skull sitting and sulking in his chair behind his desk with his cigarette on his long cigarette holder. This consortium of masterminds has not been going to at all to my liking. How I detest my so-called allies. Dr. Doom, the mad dictator with whom I've crossed swords in the past. The wizard, an idiot gadget maker. The kingpin, some petty New York mob leader. The Mandarin, a poor man's Fu Manchu. Magneto, the mutant miscreant. And most of all, the one who brought us all together, the man of unguessed power, who refuses to divulge his identity and who scoffed at my attempt to subjugate him. I would simply quit the group and be done with it if not for that infernal transdimensional doorway embedded in my wall. Fah! Should we, uh, at this point, Bob, should we just reveal who the the mystery man is? Uh, Sure. Go ahead, Rick. Okay. It's Loki. Yeah, it's Loki uh, in in a just a business suit, you know. I mean, he still looks like Loki, <laughs> uh, but he's got his hair slicked back, and he's in the business suit. In a nineties uh, business suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got shoulder pads. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Double so, rested. 
Uh-huh. And he um yeah, it's it's Loki. His idea was to to get all the villains together and uh figure out different things, different ways to attack different heroes. Um, you know, because he's uh he's a trickster and uh yeah, he's got his own his own agenda. And if you look at the cufflinks on uh the Red Skull suit, Bob, what do you see there? Those are uh those are those are I, I don't know if, are those those aren't uh cufflinks, Rick. Those are his uh buttons on his sport coat uh-huh you know uh and they are skulls um okay. and, and thanks now, for correcting me bob and now rick i am uh i have a new item on my christmas yeah christmas. yeah thanks for correcting me bob on a thing that you didn't even notice before <laughs> i bring this to your attention for the first time you didn't even notice them before and all of a sudden you have to like correct well, me here's the their buttons well, the last thing i want is a one-star review because somebody like pulls <laughs> open this and goes oh i want to check out these cuff oh those aren't cufflinks these guys are passing bad information next yeah. thing you know we got a one-star review so i mean if you're comfortable with that i you know what hey you know what i don't care anymore bob i don't care anymore you know why <laughs> because we haven't gotten any reviews in it's been a month and a half all right. Zero reviews. Do you hear the nothing happened? You hear the hurt in his voice, folks. I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um. <laughs> anyway, so there's that infernal doorway embedded in his wall, and then his skull says, "Fa." What does that even mean? Ask your dad. <laughs> You, you're mean. <laughs> yeah, my wall. What is happening to? And then there's the wall, the cement wall is starting to break and creak. And then standing triumphant, no one makes an entrance like Magneto. He really does know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. And here's standing there with his arms stretched out. And then again, the shadow on his face underneath that helmet. And it makes a loud noise, Bob. Kadoom! Skull, we must talk. And the red skull turns his head and puts his hands up to shield himself from the flying rocks. At that moment, 75 miles away, we're in uh, Cap's personal Quinjet, the Red Skull. Last time I encountered a man claiming to be him was in Washington, D.C., across from the Capitol on the top floor of a private office complex. If the Skull or his successor is behind any or all of the attacks on the Avengers, D.C. is the place to start looking for him. Better try to call in some old favors and have a search warrant waiting for me. Now, back in the Smith building, we see Magneto standing there holding his cape. You had better have one devil of a good reason for causing all that damage, mutant. I do. And then weapons pop up from out of the floor. Uh, Pretty cool looking uh, device there. But Magneto just looks at the red skull like incredulous like really <laughs> and with emotion the the weapon just 
bursts, falls apart. I need to know something. Are you or are you not the same Red Skull who worked for Adolf Hitler during World War II? Yes, though I am on my second body. Lure the fool closer. And then he goes to light uh, a cigarette in his long cigarette holder. My family and I were victims of Nazi oppression, of concentration camps, of brutality. I swore to avenge them. Though, as far as I can determine, you personally had nothing to do with their deaths. You willingly served the most barbaric despot on the cent- of this century and committed countless atrocities to advance your twisted regime. And then coming in, uh, you know, with weapons is um, the Red Skull's uh, guards. Well, they, all, they all happen to be uh, white and blonde, Bob. What are the odds of that? And they're all clicking their weapons. Magneto just like, really? You're bringing metal weapons here? And with a hand, blows them all up. How do you plead? We are much alike, you and I, Magneto. Both of us wish to see our master race inherit the earth. You call my Fuhrer barbaric? Am I mistaken, or did you yourself not kill hundreds of men by sinking a submarine a few years back. To help realize your minority group's destiny, would you balk at the imprisonment of inferiors, the extermination of the unfit? Come, come, Magneto. Do not expect me to be impressed by your sanctimonious posturing of moral superiority. Let's let the past rest. We both have better things to do in the present. And he extends his hand, Bob, as if to shake Magneto's hand. The devil with that Nazi scum! And he, Magneto swats away his hand. But he's close enough for my dust of death. And then he takes the cigarette on the end of his cigarette long, thin cigarette holder, and he blows the smoke in Magneto's face, but he has a magnetic force field around his face. And the Red Skull force field. Hmm. Yes, I use something like that on occasion myself. And then all of a sudden there's this big force field that goes around Magneto. I best exercise caution. I'm not certain of how long my plastic bubble will contain him. There's nothing metallic in it for his magnetic powers to work against, and yet I do not truly know the extent of the mutant's abilities. Come back here, coward! And he runs away, but he stands, he turns around at the elevator, and he does a Nazi salute as a Sieg Heil, and he says to Magneto, When next we do meet, mutant, it will be at a time and place of my choosing. And then the elevator quickly descends. Skull! He thinks me helpless. The complete master of one of the four fundamental forces is never helpless. And he blows apart the bubble that was around him. And he goes to the elevator and he looks down the tube. A pneumatic elevator tube. Who? 
and then the controller is there. Remember the controller, Bob? I do. I remember him. Yeah. He's standing. He comes up behind uh, Magneto. He is a kind of a creepy guy. He he likes to he's, just... he's lurking. He's a lurker. Yeah, he's called he... the lurker. Exactly. He just yeah. comes up behind people and slap things on the back of their neck. Right. Yeah. You've got something I want, Magneto. A pity. I'll never know what it is. And he just throws controller into the wall face first. Outside, Cap's Quinjet shows up and he's on the um, the end of a rope ladder from the Quinjet in front of the uh, the office. What in the world? A hole in the penthouse wall, a floating rectangle and sounds of a crash. From this side, the rectangle looks like a door and the controller. You again, I thought. A thought. Must have been a novel experience. And he takes his shield and hits him in the solar plexus. Can't hold anything back. Even without the submariner's strength, this guy's exoskeleton makes him a heavyweight. Several floors below, we have Magneto flying. Where is he? There are three quarters he could have fled down. I hear something to the left. What? A robot. Projecting some sort of thermal blast. And who is it, Bob? The robot. Uh, I don't know. He looks like a sleeper. It is a sleeper, Bob. Red Skull likes his sleepers. He does. Is it too much to hope that the mutant's force screen will not be proof against the sleeper's thermoscopic bombardment? To be on the safe side, I had best evacuate the premises. And when I find out who compromised the whereabouts of my headquarters to that mutant mongrel, how he will pay. And then upstairs, we have Cap and Controller battling it out. And then Crossbones shows up. And he thinks to himself, what's going on here? Cappy set off all the alarms and caused all this damage. Didn't know he had it in him. Where the heck's the boss? Must have let Conti to deal with Cap and A. Well, as much as I like to get a few good licks in, considering how cheesed the boss got with me when I messed with El Cappuccino without his permission last time, I bet a book. Have fun, Conti. And Cap takes him and hurls the controller out the gaping hole in the wall. But he does grasp um, the uh, the corridor, like that little magical door right there. Blast. I was hoping to have tossed him through that weird floating doorway. But not only did he shift his weight, so he nearly missed it altogether. But it appears to be solid enough for him to grab onto. Well, it was worth a try. Correct me if I'm wrong, fellow, but I think you already said that. I've had enough of your prattle and prancing about, you star-spangled fool. I will bury you! And he does. He takes this huge piece of equipment and just throws it at Cap, which it's really hard to, to miss. I mean, he got hit and he got nailed. And then the controller comes up on top of him, Bob, and he raises his hands as about to reach down and just smash him. I did not need to know how you freed yourself from my control after our last encounter. 
but you'll not do so again. With these killing blows, you should be under control forever. Get ready now. And he puts his shield up as a fist comes down, but he takes a control disc and he puts it on the controller's forehead. And he makes a funny face, Bob. And he makes a comment. And then he falls face down. It worked. Attached to the control disc, we removed from Namor to the controller's own head. Caused some sort of feedback loop as he tried to leech off his own power. Well, controller, you better learn to control yourself. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Cap says, you know, I tried that one in the previous issue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that line again. Now let's see if I can find the Red Skull or whoever. And then below, we have uh, Magneto taking care of uh, the sleeper. Creature of metal and circuitry, you are no match for one who controls the very fiber of your being. I can but, ass- but assume that the automation was trying to turn me from proceeding in this direction. What is this? A private subway station? And then out of nowhere, Bob, there's like a dozen red skulls. And they're all holding weapons fi- pointing at Magneto. Why, why are they just not firing? Oh, I gotta have that pregnant pause. Hold it right there, mutant dog. You'll never guess which one of us is the real skull before we annihilate you. And then they all start firing. And Magneto somehow is not deterred by being fired upon. He says, I don't need to guess. I know. And then they all blow up and pieces fly everywhere. Robots. The whole lot of them. The skull must have as big a fetish for artificial men as Dr. Doom does. They must feel the need to surround themselves with things they can feel superior to. The tracks go in one, but one direction. Tracks of metal. And then he just takes, he just waves his hand as he's floating. And the tracks just all rip up. Which eventually get to the car the Red Skull was in. What? At that moment in the Mid-Atlantic. We see the Namor swimming around. I have reached the site of the glowing portal at last, but it is nowhere to be seen. The mystery man must have withdrawn his offer to me. And then he gets out his communicator. Submariner to Avengers. The doorway is gone. Repeat, gone. Please advise. Don't sweat it, Subby. I'm sure Cap has the sitch in hand on his end. And then we cut back to Washington, D.C. Like, what was the whole point of that page, Bob? Or there's two panels, I should say. No, I guess they had to close that loop that Namor was going to go try to find that doorway and go through it. I guess. Seems kind of like pointless, but all right. So we come back to Washington, D.C. We have Cap over top of the sleeper. So this is where the sleeper ended up after sinking of Avengers Island. Looks like somebody took him down hard. Wonder who. And here's a dozen Red Skull robots similarly dismantled. 
can't quite tell the method of dismantlement. They look exploded from within. And then here's a noise, Bob. What? Something crashed on these tracks. And, but blood, but no sign of any body. What went on here? Where is this skull? Who was he fighting? And then we cut to a dark panel, completely black. Elsewhere, sometime later, but the black is cut by a light shining from a flashlight. And we see it's Magneto holding a flashlight. I should kill you and be done with it. And the, sun, the, the flashlight is on the red skull. And he's got his business suit on, but no longer his, his, uh, his jacket. Just a, a tattered white dress shirt and a tie and his slacks and shoes. And he's sitting there on the ground up against a, um, a wall that looks like it's made of cinder blocks. And he's shielding his eyes from the light. But that will reduce me to the level of a common killer. Make me no better than you. And I am better than you, Nazi. And he shines the, the light up to the escape hatch above them. I have placed you in solitary confinement. You are in a former fallout shelter, some 20 feet underground. That is the one escape hatch. With the ladder removed and the room stripped bare, there is no way for you to reach it. And then he shines light on the ground where there's some water jugs. In that corner is 10 gallons of water. Conserve it. It is all you have to sustain you for your period of confinement. I have stripped you of your homing transmitters. No one on earth knows you are here but me. Down here, there is no light, no food, no amenities, no companionship. Just water and air. I want you to sit down here and think of the horrors you have perpetrated. I want you to suffer as you've made others suffer. I want you to wish I had killed you. And he floats up through the escape hatch, leaving the skull behind. I take my leave of you, skull. And then we see the skull looking up, clenching a fist with his mouth open, but his eyes filled with anger. And then as he leaves, the light dims on the skull's face until nothing but darkness. The end, Bob. Wow. Magneto, yeah! <laughs> right? Yeah, you need a little time out, Red Skull. A little time out. Think about what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go to your room. 20 feet down. That's got to be frustrating, right? I mean, in the fact that um, you are 20 feet away from your escape and there's nothing you can do to get there. Like, that's, I don't know. Like, part of me would be like, it's just close enough. 
that I can do it. Like, I don't yeah. know how I would do it, I but know. I couldn't, you know? Steve would figure a way to do it, but I don't know. I don't know if Go has it, has what it takes, man. Yeah. He doesn't have any lackeys. Yeah, he's used to having lackeys. See, that's just it. You get used to having lackeys. That's what happened to me. I got used to having lackeys, and then, you know, you don't have any more. Mm-hmm. Time to get stuff done. Got to do your own grocery shopping and stuff. Mm. Who are your lackeys, Bob? Oh, I don't want to go into my old lackeys, but, uh, you know, back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, Bob. So um, what do we think about these three issues? Was this uh, a kind of a cool story, this yeah. acts of vengeance? Because, you know, sometimes crossovers are just like, eh, you know, like, you know, this doesn't add anything to the story. This is just forced. This is just, uh, you know. Okay, we got to do it because it's part of a crossover. Yeah, but I don't know. I thought these these are all decent stories. Yeah, no, it's you know, uh, as I said earlier, it can get stale, right? I mean, you see, mm-hmm. and people say it all the time. Like, oh, Captain America, okay, Red Skull, all right. Yeah, we lo- I love Red Skull, right? I think the Red Skull is an interesting, great character, been around a long, long time. But it can be, you know, things can get a little stovepiped after a while. And mm. so it's what cool. does stove piped mean, Bob? Is this another expression from your dad? <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I think they use that in business, right? We use it in the military where you know things are just funneled in one way, right? From boom, from the furnace up, and there's only one way out, one way out. So, uh, and so I, I think it's cool that the acts of vengeance they wanted to mix it up a bit, right? Bring in some, some, some villains from other 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 uh other you know other titles mm-hmm. uh so um i love magneto i think it was re- done really really well here and i think you know karen was really on the top of his game uh in 365 and 367 the art was just phenomenal in these mm-hmm. pieces and i thought ron did a good job well, i think he did he did a great job too yeah um but particularly that last issue where um magneto was pursuing the red skull I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting. Um, great to look at, but also just really exciting. So mm-hmm. uh, great stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do think the art was top notch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think the art was really good on all three issues. Um, except for that one point that you pointed out. Yeah. Like, like, uh, it was a mess. Hank, yeah. Hank, Hank Pym's face was a little, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't win them all. That's true. But overall, I, I like the close-up on the eyes. I like the action. Uh, some of the, you know, looking, you know, there, there were different angles. You know what I mean? Like, there were just some different things that, that were pretty cool. All right. Do you have a favorite panel since we're talking about the art, Bob? What what was your favorite panel in, in this whole thing? Uh, I think I do, Rick. I think I'm going to go with... Um... I'm going to go, whew, it's a tough, tough call. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad to see you were so prepared, Bob. Well, I did. I took notes, Rick. While I was going I through the comics? I can't read my writing, uh, so that's that's a bit of a problem. Um, something about Batam. So, oh, I know, I know. It was the uh, issue 365. I can't remember yeah. what page it was, but it was when it was that, that page where Cap pulls himself up on Liberty Island, right? 
Uh-huh. Uh, and there's this great panel of of uh, Namor looming over Cap. Mm. Uh, and uh, I love that. That's a great panel. He's a little bit shadowed. Um, right, that's when he has his arms raised. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one. I think that is a, a great, great panel. So that was uh, 365. So I was... All right, yeah, I'm seeing that. That's page 14, panel 3. Is the one you're talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Uh, I think you know what mine was. I, as far as favorite, I just got a kick out of. Like I just enjoyed. Uh-huh. Uh, also was in three sixty five. Uh, it was page six, and it's the second panel. It's the one where Diamondback storming off. Ah, uh, yeah, I knew you were gonna pull. Yeah, I had that one on my notes too because that was gonna be a backup. Uh, she yeah. just looks angry, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's a little bit of a chuckle because you know she's muttering and you're yeah thinking, she's got her mouth open she's totally it kind of reminded me a little bit of like an Archie like a Betty and Veronica right yeah you know like For just sure. the, just the just the the I don't know the melodramatic way she was storming off with the, the body posture right. totally totally had a 1950s cover to Archie and you know like you know Betty and Veronica or something like you know one of them's mad steaming away. Uh, I, I really like that. I just, uh, I got a kick out of that. You know, the previous, the previous page, it's no wonder she was super angry, right? Because uh, I, I really, I remember something Cap said, right? He says, I can tell you this much though, as much as I've gotten used to you during the Bloodstone hunt in its aftermath, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing, nothing, you know, just sends a girl into, you know, uh, uh, exaltation. Like as much as I've gotten used to you, I've grown accustomed to her <laughs> face. <laughs> I've gotten, I've gotten used to you. Yeah. yeah. What was that song? I've, I've grown accustomed to her face. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Was that Frank Sinatra or something? Oh, I don't, uh, one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> one of those guys. <laughs> you know. It, All right, Rick. What about t-shirt worthy? Oh, Bob, I got a good t-shirt here. Yeah. Mm. We're gonna go with Ron Lim. Oh, we're going to go Sass issue 366. We are going to go page 11. Okay. Okay. Hey, are you there with me yet? Can you pull I'm it up? No I totally want you to be, I want, I want to see the look on your face when I pull this. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm going. All right. And he gets to the point where Cap's throwing his shield at the controller. Mm-hmm. And the voice says to him, Captain America, <laughs> I command you to wank, wank. <laughs> now is not the time, voice. <laughs> so, all right. So listeners, if you can picture this, right, it's, it's the, the, <laughs> the voice is trying to tell Captain America to stop, right? And he goes, Captain America, I command you to. And then he's, in the meantime, Cap's throwing his shield and it's hitting the face of the controller and it makes a sound effect of what, Bob? <laughs> so, so it reads, Captain America, I command you to wank. Now, Bob, for we have listeners all over the world, right? Uh, but most of them, you know, 79% of our listeners are in America. Um, for those who aren't in Great Britain, 
what what's a what in Great Britain if you were to say uh you're wank what, what would that mean? Uh... <laughs> it's a family show, right? <laughs> My wife might listen to this someday. <laughs> Uh, all right then. All right, listeners, just go ahead and Google <laughs> what does wank mean. <laughs> so I want this on a T-shirt so bad. <laughs> that would make a great T-shirt, right? Yeah. That yeah. panel, yeah, of of Captain America. Yeah. I command you to wank as he's yeah. throwing his shield because because people are going to see that they're gonna like, oh, that's a cool action, you know, action scene where he caps throwing his shield and it's hitting a, a villain in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Mm. Love it. All right. Good choice. What's your t-shirt, Bob? All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to go with that uh, opening splash page to issue 365, the full up face of the red skull uh, sucking on his uh, cigarette. And mm. with the word bubble, I am very displeased. I will make a good t-shirt. Yeah. I, I, like a, I like a good red skull t-shirt. I like yours. You got a great, great t-shirt going on there. Oh, my red skull. Yeah. This is by yeah. Jack Kirby though. Yeah. You got a Kirby. Yeah. One. He's, he's, uh, he's in his, uh, World War II green, uh, Nazi outfit and he's holding a dagger. Yeah. Um, and what makes this t-shirt, uh, extra cool is like the whole t-shirt's red. So then there's so, uh, then there's the red skull on it, right? So, but it's still, I, I still want the, I command you to wank. T-shirt. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, no doubt about it. Woo. So, uh, what about your time capsule, Rick? You know, I kind of struggled with this one, Bob. I didn't see a whole lot that really was, I don't know, specific to a particular time period. Like you would pull this out and you go, see, I, I, and since we, we, we are, focusing on namor the submariner you know in this in this story um i'm gonna go with the issue 365 page seven and that's when submariner is uh uh you know being um prospected by loki to join and he goes well you know no i'm in a member of the avengers well he was only a member of the avengers for a very short period of time I, i'm gonna say you know maybe it was uh, 1985 to about this time like i think like shortly thereafter he was no longer in the avengers so it was only about four or five years that he was a member of the avengers site so because that you know is a very limited period of time, eh, maybe that goes in the time capsule. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of reaching here. No, I like that. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Plus, he one. was also talking about his uh, his his bride uh, Marinia from uh-huh. Alpha Flight, you know, and looking for you know the offspring. Yeah, you know, that was certainly a uh, you know a specific story at a particular time. So I'll go with I'll go with name one. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with. Um... You know, my mind works in weird ways, Rick. Um, uh, page two, it's when we first see this mysterious man, right? Loki show up in mm-hmm. his uh, in his blue shoulder padded, double breasted, baggy trousered suit. And I think to mm-hmm. myself, you know, that is like late 80s, early 90s attire right there. Mm-hmm. And when I see that, what pops into my head, new kids mm-hmm. on the block, 
baby, you got it. The right stuff. Mm. Like big hit 1988, right? Uh, that is the song that plays in my head when I see that suit, the double pocket square. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that attire is like, so this period. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I think Thanks I, ha- I, I, I had uh, a suit like that. Oh yeah. I'm sure I did too. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, big old brass buttons, you know. Give me that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, with the with the you know, he got the the little wider shoulder pads, the mm. double breasted. Oh. You know, I'm like gonna said, need these pants triple pleated. Mm, yeah, nice. right. Yeah. yeah, it has a slimming look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yet, um, did you ever have? Did you have cuffs on the end of your pants? Cuffs on the end of my pants. Oh yeah. No, no. I've had cuffs on the, I mean, yeah. like your dress trousers, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You had your pants cuffed. Yeah. It had to have cuffed. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Cause that was the style at the time. That's right. Yeah. I wore I an onion on my belt. What? What the heck? <laughs> you wore a what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm quoting <laughs> grandpa Simpson. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, cause it was, the, it was the style at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cuffs. Yeah. There was also, I don't know if you noticed, but even the Red Skull was where, you know, when you see him at at the end of 367 and he's got his torn shirt and he's wearing his trousers, he's got his shoes on, they're they're loafers. Oh, yeah. He's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No doubt. doubt. You can be a villain, man. Doesn't mean you don't have to be comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that was fun. All right, we took a little trip back to uh, that 1990 time period and had some fun there with Acts of Vengeance. Um, and also, you know, bringing a little Namor in the Submariner action. So, you know, sticking with that theme, Bob, you know, because uh, this whole movie is, is out right now, um, Wakanda Forever. Uh, let's do a Captain America Black Panther story next. What do you think? I think uh, we are about due for uh, another one. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do Captain America, Black Panther, Flags of Our Fathers. Now, this was a a story that came out in 2010, um, but it takes place during World War II Captain America. So it is a period story um, that, you know, handles where, where, you know, Cap is is in Wakanda. uh, And so it's not, T'Challa. It's not even T'Chaka. It's uh, it's a different Black Panther during that time in World War II. So um, I think that'd be a cool story. Flags of Our Fathers. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I, I like some, you know, we do a lot of the main volumes, right? The main, the main title. I like when we sometimes get off the beaten path a little bit and explore some of these one shots or mini series. And I think, I think uh, sometimes a lot of folks have never heard of those and this is their first exposure. So great idea. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we'll, we'll explore the relationship between Captain America and Black Panther going back to uh, their earliest roots. And, um, you know, it is a four issue miniseries. So I was thinking we, we break it up. Maybe next uh, episode we just do uh, issues one and two, and then we'll come back and do issues three and four. And then after that, we have our next guest with episode 113. I still can't tell them who it is yet, Bob. No, I don't think you should tell them. Okay. I guess you'll just have to come back or be a patron of the show. 
You can always check out CaptainAmericaComicBookFans.com how to do that. All right, Bob. I think that does it. Uh, and, and quite frankly, as always, I, I had a lot of fun rapping Cap with you. And I can't wait till next week, Rick. Okay. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. 